Hello, welcome to the Jew3 Project Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Fields. I'm the founder of the Jew3 Project. All right. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of the Jude 3 Project podcast. I'm your host, as always, Lisa Fields, the founder of the Jude 3 Project. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, Bishop Gary Hall. Welcome, um, Bishop Hall. Thank you, Mrs. Fields. Ms. Fields, we praise and thank God for the opportunity, uh, certainly with you and your project and your partners are doing, I think is very meaningful and uh, very necessary in this day and time in which we live. Well, thank you. I, I, I'm excited to have you on today. Uh, I grew up hearing you um, on the radio and through my, oh I know you're friends with my father, so <laughs> <laughs> I've always enjoyed uh, listening and hear your teaching. Um, for those who don't know who you are, can you give them a little uh, background? All right. I am, of course, and proud to be a pastor uh, in the city of Jacksonville, Florida. We are uh, the pastor of the West Jacksonville Church of God in Christ and the Harambe Church, uh, one church in two locations. I'm additionally a jurisdictional bishop in the Church of God in Christ, and uh, I serve on various boards in that denomination. Uh, most recently, I've been asked to be the assistant dean of education for the Board of Bishops. Uh, we have about 326 bishops worldwide. We're in many different countries and, of course, in the United States, and uh we're glad to work with the Bishop Jared Maynard, who is the Dean of Education, and I serve as the Assistant Dean of Education for our board. Awesome. Awesome. Congratulations on that um, position. Pray for me. <laughs> so today we want to talk about um, apologetics um, in the black church. We've been doing a series with various pastors that uh, pastor um black predominantly african-american denominations and talking to them about apologetics um and so we want to know from you why do you think it's important for black pastors to equip their churches in the area of apologetics well i think it's very important uh the bible says in first peter three fifteen, but sanctify the lord god in your heart and be ready to give an answer to any man or every man that asks of you the reason of the hope that is within you and uh, we, I feel that it's important for us to uh, have a wholesome and, and comprehensive understanding of apologetics, because as you know, Lisa, apologetics is it's just a defense of the faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the scripture is very clear that we're to be ready to give an answer. You know, people are, are themselves confused, and uh, sometimes they're confusion simply because they don't know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have the want to, but not the how to. Mm-hmm. And I think as black or any pastor, for that matter, we are to also be skilled in this area, even our members, uh, to be able to give very succinct answers, very reasoned answers. I think that's awesome. Um, what are you, what do you think are the biggest challenges as a pastor um, for training um, your congregation in the area of apologetics? Well, I would say that one of the biggest challenges, you know, there are two words that come to mind. One is indifferent and the other is ignorant. Mm-hmm. Of course, ignorance, in my way of thinking, is not knowing, mm-hmm. uh, and that's not so bad. But indifference is that when you not know, don't know and don't care that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think while you can help people with ignorance, what's harder to overcome is indifference. Mm-hmm. And I think the church today 
there are a number of hot button issues that we are just frankly indifferent about. Mm-hmm. And uh, we must get off the fence. Uh, Jesus said, I would that you were hot or cold, but this lukewarm state of mind is one that the Lord does not care for. And I think we as pastors, we have to challenge our members uh, to be on fire, mm-hmm. uh, to be uh, people who can critically think about uh, the Bible and about uh, what it says and then what we believe. You know, it's not wrong to ask questions. Uh, sometimes some of the greatest response to questions have been the things that we've hung our faith on that mean so much to us today. Mm-hmm. So questioning is not wrong. Healthy questions, wholesome questions, legitimate questions, but they must have answers. And they do have answers. And uh, it's good to know what those answers are. Um, what are you, What do you think are the things that people are most indifferent about? Like what specific issues in culture? <laughs> wow. I think, you know, I feel that we have to decide as a church and as Christians, are we going to be a subculture or are we going to be a counterculture? Mm-hmm. There are a number of issues, uh, but we've got to be willing to be counter. That is, sometimes leading requires us to just take a stand. Mm-hmm. I think we just cannot adapt and, and compromise uh, from week to week, from month to month, just because something is trending or something is popular. Uh, we've got to, like they did in the Bible. I'm thinking about a character, uh, Daniel. Uh, Daniel was only 16 years old, but he took a stand. He he he, he stood for what he stood for, and uh, because he was willing to stand for God, God stood for him. Mm-hmm. So he he had boundaries, and uh, even as a teenager. But as you all know, God, Amen, uh, validated and confirmed his stand, and uh, even in the culture in which he lived. So I think the church has to make up its mind whether we're going to be popular or whether we're going to be. Uh, the, you know, stand for God, and even if we have to stand alone. Mm-hmm. And this is nothing new. It's happened in the Bible several times. It happens in history several times. So I just pray that we have the resolve that it will, that it will take to be that difference maker mm-hmm. uh, in this day and in this time. Mm-hmm. One of the um, challenges for me personally in apologetics, um, and we even did a, a episode called The Charismatic Apologist, is because people who um, people assume that people that have grown up in the charismatic and the Pentecostal movement um, aren't critical thinkers and they kind of go on this spirit kind of thing. And it's kind of weird. Now I will admit like some, some things I've seen are kind of weird (laughs) and strange, (laughs) but I think there's um, there's, wrong in every denominational set. So you can't kind of paint with a broad brush. How do we as people who are unapologetically uh, Pentecostal charismatic um, combat those people who think um, that people in the Pentecostal charismatic movement don't think critically about their faith? Yeah. Well, the Bible says study to show thyself approved. I think uh, what sometimes happens is, uh, you know, revelation and uh, those kinds of uh, uh, emphasis, we, we don't then break what I think are rules of interpretation and, and, and sound biblical reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think we have to appreciate study. We have to appreciate uh, ob- uh, you know, inquiries uh, that, that, are, that are sound. That's, we must let Scripture interpret Scripture. And in our desire to be deep, 
we mustn't compromise the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we must stay with the Bible, stay with the stay with truth, no matter what, and uh, allow that to uh, to become more of our reputation. I guess I could I would say. So mm-hmm. whether we're charismatic or whether we're Pentecostal, we still uh, must be men and women of truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible says, you know, you don't have to believe the truth, but you can't change the truth. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like the truth, but you can't change the truth. And and just because you repeat a lie often enough does not make it the truth. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I know most of us carry electronic devices, our phones or what have you, iPads. And the difference sometimes is like if everyone were to look at a wristwatch, 10 people would give you 10, 10, 10 different responses as to what time it is. Mm-hmm. But um, truth to me is something like the atomic uh, clock in Denver that uh, sends a signal up to a satellite, and all of our electronic devices get a signal from that satellite, and all of our phones and electronic devices will be will be will be revealed at a certain time. Now, that time is the truth, mm-hmm. no matter what's on our wristwatch. You know, the Bible says every man's way is right in his own eyes, mm-hmm. and we've got to stop worshiping at the altar of our own opinion and allow the allow, allow God allow heaven to tell us what is truth. And so uh, we really do have to study and and then stand with the truth, whether we like it, whether we agree with it, whether we thought differently about it, but you can't change the truth. Mm-hmm. So let's be lovers of the truth. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I think that's a, a great answer. Um, when you're studying apologetic issues, what are some of the books and resources that you use and would recommend to our listeners? Well, of course, uh, I like a book, Discovering the Jesus Answer. Um, uh, another book that I really like is If God is Real, Where on Earth Is He? by Angela L. With Hugh Hunt. Uh, another book could be uh, More Than a Carpenter by Josh McDowell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perfect Trust by Charles Swindell. Uh, when God Whispers Your Name by Max Licato. Uh Where is God? Uh, when It Hurts by Philip Yancey, and of course, on and on. There are many good books uh, that that I could refer. But again, I say you have to start with the Scripture and then ask the Holy Spirit to help us in that understanding of Scripture. And then in our research, go on to critically research and examine uh, what others have written and what others have said. Now, I will add this, uh, and I'll say it the way I normally say it. Don't become commentary crippled. Mm-hmm. I think uh, while reading and researching is good, uh, there are different beliefs that these men have held or women have held, and sometimes it may be different from uh, what perhaps is, is the actual truth or biblical truth. So, you know, be aware that you're reading what others have researched and what they've determined, but I think the help that the Holy Ghost offers, uh, the Bible says that we don't know always what we're doing, but the Holy Spirit helpeth our infirmities. And so I would just say study, but depend depend a great deal on the Holy Spirit's help, and uh, I believe that will always turn out turn out well. Amen. What would be the if you have any last words for our listeners? <laughs> well, uh, just get excited. You know, uh, you know. I think once you're born again, saved, I think what must follow then is discipleship. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we must all be meek. The Bible says, "With all meekness, that is to be teachable, be learners. Don't don't hold too, don't don't be so presumptuous and not be 
meanable, malleable. Uh, you know, some people hold to something so hard so even God can't get them to change their mind. So we just have to understand that uh, we're all on the Potter's wheel, and we're we're not we're not in our in and of ourselves uh, uh, the standard. Christ mm-hmm. is the standard, and we're all becoming more and more like Him. We quote this passage, Romans eight twenty eight, for we know all things work together for good to them that love God, and to them who are the called according to His purpose. But the next verse says. For whom he foreknew, he predestined that we might be conformed to the image. Mm-hmm. And so I would say in, in, a, in a final word, just understand that we're all under construction and we're being conformed to the image of, of Christ. And uh, then it becomes kind of clearer what John meant when he said, I must decrease and he must increase. Mm-hmm. And uh, my prayer is that we all become lights not, that, are not, that are fed on hills, not under bushels, that we'll give light to all that are in the house and that we'll be the salt. That, that this world des- so desperately needs in this day and in this hour. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, uh, Bishop Hall. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you and those who listen, and I can't wait to see who maybe comes on next. And uh, I would encourage you to keep up the good work. Uh, and it was a pleasure talking with you this morning. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Jude 3 Project podcast. You can catch all our past episodes at www.jude3project.com backslash podcast. You can follow us on iTunes by searching Jude 3 Project. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Jude 3 Project, on Instagram at Jude 3 Project, and on Facebook at facebook.com. Um, backslash Jude 3 project and remember you can donate on our site so if this um, this podcast and this ministry is a blessing to you help support us financially um, by going on our website at Jude3project.com and hitting the donate tab um, and donating consider donating to us thank you so much remember at the Jude 3 project we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it